0: All right. We, we we are live. Can you hear me, Mike?
1: I can hear you. Can you hear, hear me?
0: Uh, yeah, I, absolutely I can. Man, we've been working on this for like an hour and a half trying to figure this out. It's <laughs> been, uh, been technology, they say, right? It's been one thing after another for sure with this. But here we are, and we figured it out. Um, Again, what an honor it is to have Mike Dorn up in the gas podcast. Mike, welcome.
1: Thank you for inviting me, Chris. Oh, listen! It's it's
0: absolutely my honor, and at, I, I told you this uh, b- before. We we've had a bunch of phone conversations, and uh, you know, there's photos of yours that that you put and post out there. It's um, there, there there's pictures you see. I mean, there's millions of pictures out there, but then when you see that one that just grabs you by the balls and brings you in, you're like, dude, I'm there. Like I feel part of this emotion that's happening. That sums you up perfectly to me and that's, that's it that's the idea behind my photography oh man I, absolutely awesome i love it it's it's good stuff man i obviously so little, uh, a little backstory uh when i first started the podcast and i was actually posting pictures uh, i posted one of mike's pictures and i got a message and mike's like hey man will you tag me in this photo and i was like Oh shit, I'm sorry man, I'm sorry right cuz I'm so new to doing that to, you know, taking other people's photos and and posting them so uh but I've actually posted a lot cuz Mike's photos is just absolutely stunning and many of you that are listening to this or that's going to listen to it knows exactly who Mike is. So Mike, <laughs> let's start it off man. How did you get into this whole photography thing to begin with?
1: Um I started riding bikes in 1979 after seeing the movie on any Sunday more times than I can count. And um, I started riding and then it kind of just evolved. I started going to the racetrack. And I had my fourth open heart surgery in 1988. And two weeks after I got out of the hospital, my dad passed. And I got his camera equipment. And then somebody came to me and said, hey, Nikon's got new autofocus lenses out there. I'm like, okay. So I went and got all the new Nikon stuff, traded in the old stuff, and went to the track with it, started shooting photos. And it kind of just went from there. I was um, a habitual person at, uh, at Willow Springs. And um, Bill Hooth saw my photos. And he was he was the owner of the track at the time. God rest his soul. And uh, we had long conversations, and he finally just said, Mike, I want you to be my chief photographer. I'm like, Bill, you already have a chief photographer. No, no, no. I don't want that guy. He's, he's got fuzzy photos, and he's always grabbing women's butts and picking on <laughs> girlfriends and stuff. I'm like, well, that's not good. So it, that's kind of how it evolved. And uh, I got to know all the guys who came out there guys like Jason Pridmore, Nick Inotch. Ryan Catterson, and, you know, became involved with a 24-hour endurance team, got to know Evelyn Pritz, um, just everybody involved in motorcycle racing out there. And um, I rode bikes for a long time, up until 70 until 89, when a friend of mine suggested, Mike, you can't carry all your camera equipment on the back of a motorcycle anymore. Oh, all right. so it <laughs> just kind of went from there. Got a new truck. I started going to more racetracks. I went to Firebird in uh, Arizona, I went to Phoenix International Raceway. Um, where else did I go? That's uh, awesome, because I
0: actually went to uh, Phoenix International Raceway, and I actually raced at Firebird International Raceway.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and Firebird, and Firebird has that long front straightaway, and then or you come up the backside and there's sand on the course in uh, one of the right-handers. That's where Fred Merkel ended his career in 1993 really and then um uh you come up the you come up the back straight when you make that well, you make that turn to go on the drag strip and if it was after a rain you slipped and slid all everywhere because yeah, it was uh, um and then when we went to fire or when we went to to pir i'm like how's this and it was still film days so and at that point i was living in northern california i got my, bro, my half my family moved to Northern California, so I decided it was better. It would be better for me up there, and I got to know people at Laguna, and I got I already knew Wayne Rainey, and Eddie Lawson, and uh, uh, Kenny Roberts Senior and Junior. Um, it was kind of a fluke thing. I was at Willow Springs um, in eight, in 1989, 1990, and, got, and Kenny Roberts was there says, well, my son's going to be riding this force, this, uh, he called it a, di- a diesel because he wasn't a fan of four strokes at the time. And right. he said, uh, can you take pictures of my son? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we did, or I did. And he was happy with him. And then he went jetting off to Europe. And I ended up visiting, and just visiting his son. And it's just stories upon stories, getting to meet people. And the biggest thing I did was try and help people, um, give people Make sure they got the best quality image that they could use, whether it was shooting for Motorcyclist or Cycle World, or Amer- the magazine American Road Racing. That used to be Dean Adams' deal, and um, that's how I met Dean, um, and just kind of went from there. Um, being able to um, to shoot for all these people, I mean, I never thought that when I first started out doing this that I would achieve what i've achieved over the last 35 years getting to meet all these people getting my my family involved my niece and my nephew specifically um getting to shoot the usgp um proper in 93 what was kind of was a deal was uh, my boss at the time mary ellen Wright, ran called me and said hey can you come down to what, laguna and shoot Wayne Rainey in a car, a Russell School car. He's taken to school. Sure, why not? So, this is in February, or yeah, February, and it's raining. So, I get down there and I started to put all my stuff away, and Wayne comes walking up and says, Mike, where do you live? I go, Petaluma. You mean you drove all the way down here to take pictures of me in a race car? Yeah, Mary Ellen asked me to. It's my day off, so I figured, why not? And, um, I, uh, <clears throat> he said, don't go away. So he went into the, um, at the time, uh, the Grand Prix had a, a portable trailer in the paddock. And he waved me, he w- I was finished um, loading my truck and he waved me over to the, um, the portable, cl- portable um, classroom or whatever you wanna call it, office. And I went in there and he had me sit down and Bob Barnard, who was a general manager of the USGP in '93, asked me, "Mike, where you live?" <laughs> I thought I answered this question. Uh, <laughs> I live in Petaluma. I says, "You mean you, you drove all the way down here to take pictures of this bozo?" <laughs> okay, if that's what you want to call him. Yeah, I I did in the rain, and you're gonna drive 150 miles all the way home. Yep, yeah, no problem. He says, "How'd you like to be the chief photographer for the USGP?" I'm like, "That'd be awesome." This is what we're gonna do. We want you to shoot it from start to finish. I'm like, "Okay." So this was film. So I bought a hundred rolls of. I got a hundred rolls of film, and I shot it. And I uh, shot the. I got to go to all the preseason tests. The only caveat was I couldn't send pic- some pictures to Cycle World. Um, like there's a picture of I had of um, Randy Mamola on a rock chassis Yamaha. I couldn't send it in. I had it. I could not use Chuck Axland came up to me and Mike, don't send that photo. Okay. Then there was, um, so I, sh- and then um, we get there, um, start of the week, the bikes are showing up at San Francisco Airport. So I'm up there with a buddy of mine who's the current chief photographer at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, Tim Hill. And we get there, and we were told we could go out on the ramp and photograph the bikes being offloaded to the, um, the FedEx jets. So I get out there and I hear this, sir, sir. And I'm like, uh oh. I turn around, and there's a guy pointing a nine millimeter pistol at my head. And I'm like, what? I said, you can't be out here. What do you mean I can't be out here? I have authorization. No, you can't. We need to go in the office and talk about this. Can you put that thing down, please? I right. Feel like me pointing my camera to you. And uh, so we walk in and, and my buddy Tim went around the other side of the plane and shot him unloading bikes on the other side of the plane. So we still got the shot. But I'm the one who got a gun pointed at me. Anyway, so it's just that's kind of crazy.
0: Huh? I said, That's crazy, man, showing up, gun pointed yeah. at you. What are you doing here? You're like, I got authorization. They're like, Oh hell no! You don't come with me. You're like uh,
1: okay, exactly, right? And then uh, Wayne got hurt. Yeah, and that was just—it was horrible. And uh, but yeah. the outpouring of love from the whole paddock, every racer that was there, down to the um, the the crew chief, the mechanics, everybody—outpouring of love for Wayne was unbelievable. And uh, the next, the following year. Um, um they were promoting the racetrack. Uh Mary Ellen right Reno right, was a PR and Kenny were promoting the, the track and they had a track day, or they had a, a day for the press and stuff. And Toyota donated a uh ha- um, hand control um twin turbo Celica Supra for the use of Wayne. And Mary Ellen tells you should go for a ride with Wayne. I'm like, okay. And um, there's a kid, her hold on. <coughs> Cocky makes me dry.
0: No, you're good, bro. You are good.
1: <laughs> anyway, so we get in the car and there's an intern in the back seat. And Mary Ellen sticks her head and says, scare him. Like, oh sure.
0: So oh, sure. Um, sure.
1: We're flying up through the corkscrew and Wayne looks at me and says, Mike, I don't have any brakes. I'm like, quit yanking my chain. I don't. Okay, so we get down to the bottom, get into the pits and I hop out of the car and sure enough, the brake, the rotors are glowing, and the kid in the back seat just look on his face like, <laughs> you just, you looked at it and go, sheer fright. But it's been an amazing run. Um, one of the coolest things that ever happened to me is I got a call from uh, Ann Bixler, who was a um, track manager at the time, about five years ago. And she calls me and says, hey, that photo you just posted away, where was that from? I go to the front straight at, at Laguna. Well, when did you take it? I said, well, we got to remember, this is film. So it was on the last day of the test. And I, I kind of knew I had the shot, except going up the front straight. He says, well, that's the one Wayne wants to use in the um on the, the the graphic on the front of the track. Really?
0: Whoa. So
1: yeah, so that graphic that's sitting out there on the, as you come in the front ends of the of the track, that's my shot. Talk about a legacy.
0: Bro, absolutely legend. My dude, you're an absolute legend. Absolute legend. Matter of fact, I got two comments <laughs> was- already, right? Uh, my buddy, Chris Lewis, yeah. big shout out to Chris Lewis. He's just watching from the UK right now live. So Chris Lewis, what is going on? He says, Hey, the joys of technology. Cause he, he's been waiting for, for us to go live and, and Chris, absolutely. There you go, Bubba. That's for you, baby. That's absolutely for you. And then of course my man, Ryan Rawls, Ryan Rawls says, Mike Duran, <laughs> one of the best photographers in the business, the stuff he has shot. Over the years, with so many legends, it's top-notch stuff. Much respect to this great guy. Absolutely, absolutely amazing, dude. Everybody loves, dude. Everybody I've talked to, and and they absolutely love your work. And that's because it's magical. It's I I told you this before. It's it's the best photographers I've ever seen. Uh, Every time I see those photos, everybody, Mike sent me twenty pictures, and I'm going through my phone and i catch myself i'm staring at each picture for at least five minutes that's how captivating it was like you know you pull the picture like oh that's badass but i was just physically like this is like it's like it brought me into the moment right like i was physically there either shooting the picture or i felt the adrenaline or the wind or the sound of the bike the just everything about it is uh absolutely proper so uh on on top of that you also do a lot of uh, photos for car racing too as well
1: yeah i've shot um a rolex reunion every year for the last 20 years at laguna i've shot um vintage races at sonoma (laughs) i shot the um the velocity invitational last year at sonoma previously it was at laguna and then i shot the initial one back in 2019. <clears throat> You've never seen so much hardware. GT 40s. Um, 917 Porsches. <clears throat> Excuse me.
0: Now you're good. Ferraris and Lambos.
1: That's nothing uh, compared to a gt um, Oh yeah, I know. And the movie. That was a good movie, but there's some actual things wrong with it. I have a friend who was there in 1963 and 1964 dave friedman he's 85 years old now but if you've ever been to um, miller motorsports park or what it's known now you walk into the um the lunchroom and you look off to your left there's a 40 foot photo of a shot from the front straightaway at le mans and that's his shot (laughs) so there are photos out there, there are photographers out there, so some of the best in the world. Guys like Brian J. Nelson. Um, um, let's see. Just people I've known through my throughout my career. <coughs> Damn it. Um, Brian J. is pro, very prolific. He, he's at every at Moto America race. He shoots 10,000 frames per weekend. I can't do that. That's way too much. What I look at is I'll shoot a lot, but I'll look for the quality of it, the image I need. I don't need that many images. I probably have probably over a million and a half images on file. I have photos I absolutely love. There's a shot of Cameron Bovier before he used to leave for Europe in 2008, riding his mom's Honda CRF-150R. At one of the kids I work with, track. One of the one of the things I started in 2000 was people. The kids would come and ask, "Hey, can you help me with photos?" And, well, what I did was I helped out riders and helped them achieve their dreams. Um, Cameron Bovier is one of them. Uh, Garrett Willis, one of the kids I've worked with for the last 20 years, is uh, Josh Cernay. I met his father and him at a track at a race, tra- race at Stockton Raceway. And he's me. He's very special to me. He um, at five years old, he's running around on a XR 50 kicking everybody's butt at that age group. It's fast. Yes. My God. And so I called and said, hey, Rich, I got some photos, some more photos I can tell you. No, oh, you really can't afford it. And told me about Josh's illness. I'm like, Really? He's got cystic fibrosis, and I don't know if you know what that mean, what that disease is, but it's it t- it destroys the lungs from the inside out. And yeah, uh, average life expectancy when I met him was 27. It's improved. Wow! It sets them. It's it's um their life expectancy has gone up to six over 65. He takes special meds now, much better than what he used to take. Um. He is one exceptional racer, but as with all racers, you run out of money. And so what he's doing, he's working, he's getting ready for his marriage in May. Nice. To his girlfriend. Um, He won 25 amateur championships in his day. He he was the first um, racer to qualify on the pole at Road America in the pouring rain on a KTM 390. He'll always nice. be in the record books as that. He's raised supermoto, mini road racing, road uh, AMA or Moto America racing, AMA racing. Um, just, and he was, he's an instructor at American Supercamp. Um, I've met people over the years. Nikki Hayden got to meet him in 1993 when he was a little sprite of a young lad. <laughs> Running had around being crazy. Me. No, they were actually at the Sonoma Raceway or Sears okay. Point at the time, being introduced by the, one of the guys from uh, Redline Oil, Cliff Sherlock. And I got to meet them. Um, um, I was a huge fan of Nikki. One of the biggest things about Nikki is, was he always had a smile on his face. He never, you almost never see him frown. Always with a smile. Yep. And he had, he's this happy-go-lucky kid.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, he... Uh... Nikki Hayden, I'm a huge fan of of Nikki Hayden. Actually, named my son Hayden Rossi after Nikki and Valentino. Um, Another guy was, yeah. The other guy, I was fortunate enough in my lifetime to meet Nikki Hayden. Shoot, at least six or seven times. Got a helmet signed, a bunch of books signed. You know, just a bunch of memorabilia signed by him. Met his dad, uh, which was awesome. Man, his dad will talk your head off, right? Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I met him at VIR and I, because when I meet racers, I don't ask them normal questions. I ask them like, what, what are you eating for dinner tonight? Right. Just stuff like that. And they look at me like, what? Right. Like (laughs) I don't get asked that very much. Like nobody asked me that, but my wife or somebody on the team, um, and man, we just got in this whole conversation. Next thing I know, we're 45 minutes, and I've just been standing there talking to him. And customers are coming up, and he's selling, you know, 95 merch, 22 merch, you know, and Hayden merch at VIR. And uh when his book come out um before he had passed away, uh the Hayden Family book, I think it's what it's called. I have it. Uh actually uh Nikki had was gone already, but uh, I seen his dad and got him and Roger to actually sign it, so that's good. Yeah, um, I was always a huge fan, and and honestly, Mike, uh, everybody knows this well, uh, the, they will right now. Uh, that's my wife's uh, uh, hall pass, right? She was always like, If I would eat Nikki Hayden a lot, I would eat him up, right? I was like, Well, you go, girl, you go get him, Tiger, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Just get me a signed autograph, a picture, or something. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> have fun. Uh, yeah, um,
1: one of the um, when I started shooting GPS and when they came back to Laguna in 2004, actually 2005, but 2004, I was there when they moved the bridge. From I still have pictures of them moving the bridge from <clears throat> the top, almost the top of the court or the bottom of down near Turn Nine. They moved it up the hill for the to um. Take one of the impediments out of the um the, the track. Because the, the GP riders felt it was too close to the track, so they moved it up the hill. Um, took a good shot away too. But you know, it was that's what it was. The bump in turn seven or the bump at the over the corkscrew, they took that out too, because the GP guys complained. Because you'd hit the bump and the rear end would come off the ground on the brakes. Yeah. Um one of the things about shooting road racing, whether it's Laguna, Willow Springs, Sonoma, pick your spot and then pit and go out for practice. Don't take, take your camera out there, but don't um, just watch the riders as they go through the corners. Watch how they enter the corner. Watch how they exit the corner. One of the best examples in the world is Doug Chandler. Because you can go up to the course crew and watch him as he in, enters the corner. Exactly the same way every single time. Um, there are guys that change their lines all over the place, but you can look at the older guys, Chandler, um, Kevin Schwantz. Um, well, Cal Cal was Edwards. All over. Kevin was all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick Einotsch, they talked about the, he talked used to talk about the pace, what you want to go through a corner. You want to pick your lines. And, and Doug was the best. He was also three times Superbike winner and also a Grand National winner, where he won dirt track, road racing, uh, TT, and some I forget what was, and short track. And then uh, yeah, Doug Chandler was,
0: was always one of my favorites. I actually got a, a signed Doug Chandler helmet hanging up on, on in my helmet stand in, in my other room. A uh, huge fan of Chandler. Growing up, uh, mm-hmm. of course, you know, Scott Russell and everybody else too. Um,
1: <laughs> I know but, Scott really well, good guy,
0: yeah, and well yeah, Russell's Mr. awesome.
1: Russell. Remember when they used to have a yep. dude for a day, the um, what was it? It was at VIR, and they'd have a party at the end of the weekend, and these guys would all come out wearing their bathing suits,
0: all oiled yep, I up. remember
1: that, yep,
0: was that was dude, that was dude. Those were the glory days. We don't have nothing like that. I wish we no, did, right? Like, uh, two PC. It, it's uh it's way too PC, you know, with social media and all that bullshit that uh-huh. comes along with it. Looking well, good for the of, sponsors.
1: Like you see all the photography that's on Instagram. And some of the stuff is amazing. Some is really, really good. But then you look at stuff, it's all over the place. And people don't really care about their craft. I get a lot of comments as, oh, I could shoot that with my iPhone. Really? You go ahead and you do that. See if you can get that shot with your iPhone. There are right. photographers out on on that I I follow a lot of photographers. I look at the quality of their image, how much they care about what they shoot. Um, try not to you know drive if you yeah you can walk out there and shoot everything at eight thousandth of a second. It's gonna stop the bike and it's not gonna look like it's in action. What I started out shooting was two fiftieth of a second, worked my way up. Um, there was a really good photographer. He's gone. He passed away several years ago. His name is um now I've forgotten. <laughs> Such a good old
0: Yeah, it He
1: lived in he lived in he lived in Texas for a while. He passed away when he was in Texas. But uh, he'd always give me crap and we talk about what photos we shot. But this guy, um, his his website was Automoto to go. And uh, he was world class. And uh, he'd give you whatever you asked him a question, he'd help you. Um, but he was at he shot a lot of AMA stuff, Moto America AMA stuff. He ended up going to the uh, MotoGP, GP, shooting Moto GP for everybody. But um, he was really good. Um, you asked Brian Nelson a question. He's more than willing to help you, especially the new guys. If the new guys would ask more things, get you know, come talk to us. I'm more than willing to answer a question about photography. Um, and it doesn't really matter what camera you use. Um, people talk about have to, you have to have the high megapixel camera to make everything work. That's not true. When I, one of the photos I sent you, actually, I think you have is a shot of Eric Bostrom bending through the corner at VIR. That was shot with yeah. a three megapixel camera.
0: At, really?
1: Or at four frames per second. And I had and I was working for a camera store at the time and I had a couple guys tell me, there's absolutely no way that you can shoot motorcycle racing with that cam- that camera. I'm like, really? And I came back with this three foot by four foot print of Eric Boston bending through the corners, sharp as hell. And they're like, oh wow. That's just awesome. <laughs> I go, yeah. Just pack, practice is, you know, make prac. You don't have to go out and shoot every practice, but you know, look at where the the riders are bending in the curve. Figure out what what it takes to do that, and then go from there. Um. Shot. I mean, when I started, I shot film. Film was everything. The biggest problem with yeah. film is you'd have to wait five days to get your film back which is a pain, but now it's instantaneous. You're, you look at it right there on the back of the camera. Um, what else? All, dude, with,
0: from all the- Go people, ahead,
1: Mike. All the people I've photographed over the years, the guys I've worked with, Scott Russell, um, Wayne Rainey, Doug Chandler, um, Nikki Hayden, Roger Hayden, Tommy, um, JD Beach. Josh Hayes, um, Danny Walker with American Supercamp, um, Jason Rebay, uh, just everybody I've ever worked with or photographed. Um, Shayna Texter's another one. Uh, Elena Court, uh, used to be Myers. Um, very, very talented people. Um, just Jeff Emmick shooting outdoor motocross. And there's been some incredible pr people i worked with um, and in um pr you know um people like diana um uh, brennan out of was at sonoma jennifer and bimbo um mariela right reyna who was at laguna ed nichols who was at laguna alicia barra who's at laguna um john um I don't see, see him enough on Facebook anymore, Instagram, because he's retired. But he used to be the PR at um, Miller Motorsports Park, uh, who would step out of their way and if you if your credential, your credential didn't show up or something along those lines, um, they would bend over backward and make sure you had it. If it was whatever it was sent, um, I've shot Supercross. The magazines I've shot for. Cycle World, motorcyclist, American road racing, cycle news. First photo I ever got published was help was um, was set was uh, set in concrete by Brian Catterson. It was for cycle like news it. and it was at a 24-hour endurance race with Weira, and one of the bikes had blown something on the, out of the bottom end of his bike in the middle of the eighth or ninth hour, and there's oil all oil, he oiled the track. And this is at the time when remember uh, Exxon Valdez, mm-hmm. the tanker accident in Alaska. Yeah, absolutely, they put a big piece of white tape on this guy's gas tank. And it said, "Team Exxon Valdez." <laughs> and I, ph- and I photographed it and I sent the photo into O'Brien um, and they printed it. And then, um, 1993, I'm at Via Bay- at uh, uh, PIR. That's when Larry Pegram crashed and turned ten and broke his leg in about 10, <laughs> he got hit. Yeah. And, um, they stopped the race, and the track, the way it was laid out, was you can either be in the inside or the out on the ring wire ring event. I thought it was a dumb track, but whatever. That's beside the point. Um, and the, it was a three-rider finish. Scott Russell, Doug Poland, and um, uh, Pascal Picot. And this is the this race it was done before Daytona. and um there was a rider who rode Ducati's, and he was killed at Daytona the following month. So I took the photo that I shot. it was it went into motorcyclist magazine. boy did I get chewed out by Brian Catterson about that? Oh, I offered it to Brian. I said, hey, I got this shot. Oh, we're full got enough photos. okay, okay called Nick showed him the photo and he says yeah we're going to run it so and I what I um Jimmy Adamo who's the, got killed anyway so what I decided that was and with a couple friends I was going to print 53 photos or 54 photos of that particular print and get those guys and sell them for 50 bucks a piece and donate the proceeds to Jimmy Adamo's family um, I still have a photo somewhere.
0: Anyway, nice. I got a
1: call from Doug Poland's man or lawyer because I posted it in Cycle News. He says, You can't do that. I said, Let me talk to Doug. And I told him what I was doing. And he says, Oh, or no, I he I told him the lawyer what I was doing. And the lawyer says, Well, here's here's uh, Doug. And Doug's like, You're gonna do this for the family? Yes. So he says I'll sign anything, I'll sign anything. That's a good thing. I go, Well. Something that needs to be done for the family, so I did it, and it went. I sold every one of them, and gave each of them a signed signed photo. That all three, it. and it was the closest three rider finish in AMA history at that time. So, it's just little things photographers get back, or at least the, the ones who are conscientious of what's going on. They're involved in the sport. I have people ask me, how come you're you can make more money shooting cars, yeah, but they're boring compared to motorcycles, whether it's flat track it's and the other one the other part of it is being in the right place at the right time, right. The dirt track shot of all those riders on the front straight getting ready for the start at san jose um San Jose Mile. Every one of them's a legend, Chris Carr. Um, every one of them um, it's in the 50th Alpine Stars 50th anniversary book um, being in the right place when Nikki Hayden popped that wheelie coming out of turn three and gave me the peace sign the yes. pin, I nailed that shot and I stand there with heat the lens, and I shot it and everybody's like wow or the photo I have a friend a friend of mine um, Michael Hannes we're on the back roads of of Santa Rosa, and he's riding the Honda CR500 two-stroke, street legal, and he pops it up, and I get the shot. And it was supposed to be for a magazine article, which never got published, but that's okay. I still have the photo. Um, (laughs) I still got it. Dude, That that, going back real
0: quick, Mike, that photo you just mentioned, Nikki Hayden, one wheel, left hand, off the bar, peace out to you. Listen, that is a, Legendary photo, absolutely yep. legendary. It's I know. I, 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 a matter of fact, I have, uh, I have it somewhere hanging in my room. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, uh, amongst a billion posters, I have. But yes, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I never forget when I seen that shot. I was like, it's just again, Mike. It's something about those photos you see; it just grabs you, and you're like, mm-hmm. so.
1: How did you feel in that moment, Mike, when you knew you had that shot? I looked on the back of the camera and go, "Oh, I got it." Well, actually, I wasn't. I was waiting for everybody else to come through, because that was really central for all the GP bikes. Yeah. Because they could snap it up out of their turn. The other problem with that turn is it's a flat corner, and if you don't, if you do, don't hit it this right, you end up on your noodle. Yeah. <clears throat> Wayne told me that. Um, it's just being in the right place, paying attention to your surroundings, seeing what they're doing. Going back, and, you know, you pick the corners that you like the best. Mine at Laguna, turn five on the inside, turn six on the outside, the corkscrew from the inside, uh, turn 11 on the outside, sometimes on the in. We used to be able to shoot from the inside of turn 11. Um, wow. Not anymore. It's, it's the corner, of the, because they changed it up, it's too dangerous now. Uh, the bottom of turn two, um, the outside of turn one up on over by the port the uh bathrooms along the Absolutely. fence there um turn three on the outside uh occasionally you get some i got some pretty cool shots from the inside i got a shot of uh uh john kas not kasinski but uh oh. hopkins i got a hopper shot from there the oh. hopper the outside of i mean you, and it depends on the time of the day when you're shooting turn 11 always outside or in the afternoon turn 5 on the inside morning shot uh turn 6 um you can shoot there morning or afternoon turn 2 is an is a morning shot um the corkscrew is always morning or afternoon because the sun's directly overhead and yeah. um, you look at where your sun is and the other thing i've learned over the years is I started shooting landscape photography in 2003, 2004, because um, I produce a calendar, a landscape calendar every year. I produce one mostly for family. I have a fair amount of friends who get a calendar for me. Walker gets one, um, just friends. And it's all landscapes. And in, in fact, people at Laguna and Sonoma get one. Uh, my doctors get one. They actually pay for it. They won't let me give it to them. Um, <clears throat> but it's always nice to do something else to clear your mind. Um, I've shot indoor short track on on concrete. Uh, first time I ever shot with it. That was in um, 2002 at, um, in San Francisco at uh, the Cow Palace. That was fun. And it was on the same weekend as an AMA Superbike race at Sonoma. Um, I shot Supercross at uh, um, Anaheim. I uh, shot that for 15 years, always at Anaheim. And then I shot one at San Jose at the college there. And I shot one at, uh, at 18, it's not AT&T Park anymore, it's something else now where the Giants play. Yeah, um, I shot <clears throat> outdoor motocross at Glen Helen, uh, Washougal, Hangtown. Um, shot the Sacramento Mile for eleven or twelve years. There was a uh, perpetual figure in the two thousands, early two thousands. He he passed <clears throat> quite a while ago. Um, Big Bill Spencer. He knew everybody. He was a, a writer, photographer for Cycle News. He, we met at an event at Laguna. He said, "Mike, come with, come up to Sacramento. I'll make sure you get in." Just walks up. And this is Mike Dorn, my photographer, San Jose Mile, all the different places that I could drive to, and I would get, I'd get um, a way in, and um, just little things, and you just pay attention to your surroundings. And you give someone a photograph. The biggest, my biggest thing over the years is take care of the kids. There are kids out there, they can't afford to pay for photos. But if you help them out, you know, give them a photo. It makes them happy. They're at the track, they got a photo from someone. And you can't always get a free photo. You have to pay for them once in a while. There's some very talented photographers out there making a living do this week in and week out. Um, I never started, (laughs) I never started to do this full time and just kind of started. It just went from there. It was a passion. I've loved every minute of it. Um, I went from shooting Nikon to Canon and now I'm shooting Olympus mirrorless and you don't, it's not the camera. It's the eye behind the camera, the passion that you put into it. Um, you know
0: absolutely you're yeah it's
1: uh your photos it,
0: it it's it's hard to express it in, in, in put it and put where it's like poetry every time you see it, it's one of the most beautiful things you've mm-hmm. ever seen um let me ask you this mike uh for, for those that don't know and i'm I, i'm i'm interested too like what does a typical uh weekend consist of for you as a professional photographer showing up to an ama <laughs> or moto gp event right because I, I see them, and you see them with these cameras and these lenses and their backpacks and all this stuff. To me, I'm like, man, them guys are troopers because they're out there all day long, mm-hmm. right? Um,
1: <clears throat> so um, run us
0: through what it actually takes and, and, and what what do you carry with you?
1: Well, it actually starts earlier in, in the week. You figure out – you lay out your gear, what you're going to take, what you're not, what you're going to wear for clothes. You always check the weather, make sure it's going to be dry, <laughs> not too windy. Uh, Laguna is really good for that. Um, Laguna, typically, Laguna for MotoGP in 93, I a friend of mine and I worked together, um, but he always brought his motorhome out. So we stayed in the motorhome in Scramp Camp, which was down the hill. And um, I, we brought, um, I'd bring a scooter or a dirt bike out so I could get, get around. Um, tell you a little story about that. I was shooting the, um, IndyCar finale or champ car finale at Laguna in 1998, uh, film still. And, um, I walked everywhere or got a ride and the media center was on the top of the hill. So we'd walk from the paddock to the top of the hill anyway. So I'm down in turn 11, turn, no, turn 10. Um, or turn eleven, coming from turn eleven, walk up the hill, I got fanny pack system on, backpack with the cameras, and then I'm carrying two camera bodies and a couple big lenses. And I get up there and I get to the media center, my boss Mary Ellen Wright Rand says, Mike, you need to sit down. every every PR person that I've ever worked with or worked for or gone to a racetrack knows knew that I had a heart condition and I had certain, um, things if they see something they need to sit me down and make me take all my stuff off. So I got she put she had me sit down. My, I'm gonna I gotta go shoot the winner circle. No, 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 no. And she told somebody, make sure he stays there. So I grabbed the bottle of water, took all my stuff off. And four months later I get a call. Mike, I need some images from the um Champ Car uh Winner's winter circle. I go, well there's a small problem with that. I don't have any. What do you mean you don't have any? You were here. Well do you remember when I came up to media center and you told me I had to sit down and take all my stuff off? Oh yeah, I kind of do. Well, that's because I don't have any photos. Why? I don't have any photos. I fixed that problem. I have a scooter now. She says, Oh, okay, good. Anyway, (laughs) um, for a race weekend, um, usually show up, get all your stuff geared up, get there a day early, get there on Thursday. So you can wander around the pits and see who's there um make it more an ama race as opposed to MotoGP. MotoGP has its own craziness that goes along with it so you show up got your credentials i had a hard card at laguna so i could show my hard card and go in a park where i needed to park and then unload the scooter or actually yeah the scooter at the, it was dirt bike at the time and be able to ride it in the paddock and park and you know get my um i have <clears throat> at the time i had a cannon Let's see. Let's go 2000, 2003. So I had a can of one D, uh, two can of one D, one D Mark IIs, which were six thousand dollars per body. I had three hundred two eight. I had a three hundred two eight, seventy five hundred dollars for a lens. I had um, let's see $1,10. So I figure I had. At one point, I had $70,000 worth of gear.
0: I don't have that much.
1: Wow. Room, but, and then you brought your laptop. You set your laptop up in the media center. And um, you went down the paddock and you started talking to people, find out what's going on. Um, and everybody's different. Um, there are guys who use Nikon. There are guys who use Canon. Now there are guys who use Sony. Um, but the, pre- the prevalent camera camera, for any most race weekends, you'll find Canon or Nikon. I'm kind of in 2019. I switched from Canon to uh, Olympus mirrorless, mirrorless on a suggestion from a friend. It cut the weight of what I was carrying in half. Um, guys like Brian Nelson, who carries an 800 millimeter lens, two bodies, all lenses affixed, and a fanny pack system and a backpack. That's 60 pounds of gear that he carries all over the place. I was carrying on average 40 pounds of gear. And um, it's just, it added up. You get to the point where at the end of the weekend, you get all your images done, and then um, you have sore shoulders, sore legs, sore thighs, um, sore arms. I go home with so much, so much soreness that I had to do, I figured I had to do something. So a friend suggested mirrorless equipment and I tried it and I wasn't really happy with the quality I was getting. So I tried it the the year before Olympus loaned me some stuff to try for a couple months. And I was impressed with the quality, but I wasn't quite impressed with how fast the camera was. So I went back to my Canon stuff. Um, And then they came out with what I use now, which is the Olympus EM1X. And I have two bodies. They're not full frame. They're mirrorless, so they're micro four thirds. They're the lenses I use. Like for example, my 40 to 150 is actually an 80 to 300 to 8, and I have two teleconverters that are tack sharp. So I have I'm all I have lenses all the way up to 600 millimeters with one lens. Um. So I have a I have a, a, a I don't have a I have a full kit, and my the weight is half the weight. Um, I don't have sore shoulders anymore. I don't have a sore back. Um, it gets tiring and you figure what and, and I think my gear is half of what what I have what I used to have. Um, when it started out, it was you'd show up at the track with a film body, 10 rolls of film, uh, two or three lenses, go do your shoot, turn your you take your film home, turn it in, wait three or four days to get it back. And you'd have that that anticipation. Now, you show up with a laptop or some of the stuff out there. I could show up with an iPad Pro and load my images into that. Um, laptops are heavy. My MacBook Pro is it weighs it weighs probably six pounds. Um, and the technology there, what you can do with an image, as long as it's tack sharp. <laughs> You try, you try and create the best possible image for your client. Whether it's a magazine. and with magazines and newspapers, you can't touch the image. You have to turn it in the way it is. You can do a little sharpening, a little fix to, um some of the, some of the stuff. Everything's shot in raw. Um, normal images, what you were, you were, you know, the 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 normal person uses a camera. They use shoot JPEG because it's easiest to to manage. But from, um, if you shoot raw, you, you keep that extra 30% of the image and you uh, edit it in Lightroom, which is the standard go-to program for most photographers on the circuit. Um, and you do your edits and get your stuff turned around really quickly. There are people... When I shot um, things for... Um, Groups, you'd hand your your card your CF card off to somebody, and they take and run it, and and they download it and get, and then you get the CF card back. It just depends on what you're photographing, whether you're photographing uh, stick and ball sports or motorsports, and the parameters are different. Um, You get a lot of walking done. At this point in my career, (laughs) I can't kneel. I can't bend down and kneel anymore. Cause I shot NHRA drag racing for the longest time
0: and I did it on
1: my knees. Cause you get the, the better shot was down at that level. Um, cause I need a pair of knees <laughs> Am I Can get them probably not. I just have to be careful getting on my knees, but you know, you get right. to the point where <clears throat> your back start, your, your back is sore. Um, I'm surprised I haven't got, um, um, Arthritis. Um, you just the biggest thing is to take care of your body. Um, to what we would show up in mostly Levi's. Uh, I used to show up at Willow Springs, and guys would show up, and they looked like they walked out of a um, a mud bath. They they weren't showing that the prof- that they were a professional photographer, showing the people that were buying photos from them. That you look like a, a the pro that you were instead of the slug from next door. Right. Um, one of the things I I try and, as I always show up in a polo shirt or a collared shirt, clean pants, uh, use hiking boots on the circuit because it, you never know what you're walking into. First time at Laguna, what I do, I stepped in a gopher hole and went ass over tea kettle. Candles went flying, like, goddamn gophers. or squirrels i was mad um but you know hiking boots with a good ankle support um in the winter when it's or when it's raining gore-tex gear uh i wear gloves when it's cold in the morning motocross gloves because it keeps my hands warm to do my photography and i can feel the camera um it doesn't matter you know and then there's also the different parameters on getting a credential. MotoGP toughest credential to get. You have to be shooting for a magazine, or a um, a um, product. Motul. I what? shot for Motul really for, over 15 years. Some of the people at Motul, Dave Wolman is a prime example. Salt of the earth. One of those guys who just you know he came from Yoshimura. Um, just super super nice and the guys that you meet at the track the crew chiefs the mechanics um Jim Jim Leonard was primate he was at he's at uh he's probably still at um Vance and Hines they're all really nice you all if you walk up and ask questions they're more than willing to talk to you you want to make sure you don't interrupt them when they're working on something but get them by the side afterwards and ask a question they're more than willing to answer them and the other thing I've found out through all the years is all the motorcycle racers—super, super nice people. Um, Josh Hayes, um, Scott Russell, um, Davis, Bo- Dave, um, uh, JD Beach, um, Cameron Bovier, um, Cameron uh, Cameron Peterson. Um, Every one of those people are super nice. You walk into a NASCAR garage, bah, you have to stay behind that line. You can't go any closer. And I know they're trying to make it better, but even NHRA is the same way. You walk into an NHRA garage, they're more than willing to talk to you. Um, Angel Sampei, multi-time drag racer, uh, motorcycle. She's driving alcohol drag racers now. Um, Ron, As I said, Ron Caps, John Force. Super nice guy. One of the loudest guys in the paddock, but I tell you, he just, just really nice. Um, um speedway guys. I've shot speedway. Um I learned to shoot speedway, but with a friend of mine at Ascot Park. Um, let's see what else. I shot flat track over the years. Chris Carr's a friend, seven-time national champ. Super, super nice that. guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's as long as you're the biggest thing is be humble. You know, walk up and introduce yourself or they'll recognize you. Hey, you're that guy that's always at the races and, you know. If there's something you can do to help out, help out. You don't have to shoot photos every single time, every single time you're out there and look. And yeah. if you help your fellow photographer, do it. Bring an extra bottle of water with you. It's always nice to have an extra bottle of water out there. You know, you might, your buddy might've forgotten to get water. Grab an extra bottle.
0: Yeah. I, uh, me personally, I take a camelback. I learned real quick. I got tired of spending, uh, $80 on bottles of waters at the racetrack. Cause I drink a mm-hmm. lot of water. Right. So, I buy me a Camelback, so I fill that sucker up plumb full to the top, right? And uh, got to cool in the car, walk back to the car, fill it back up with ice and water. and Yeah, it is. You're, you're right. Um, and usually what I do is I'll stick a couple bottles in my Camelback case. Somebody's exactly what you said. You have to track. Even if I don't know them, you see – you tell when people are, like, down to thirst. Like, hey, man, I got mm-hmm. a bottle of water. Here you go, right? Um, yeah, it's it's uh it's the honorable – thing to do for your fellow mm-hmm. uh, people, right? Because that's what I call everybody. my peoples, right? We're, we're all for the same <laughs> love, same passion, um, yep. same sport. It's it's uh, absolutely amazing, man. So you was in, I was in Laguna Seca in 2005, right? Uh, mm-hmm. My only time being there, I had to go first time by GP, come back to the States, spent a buttload of money getting there from Virginia, right? Uh, yep. But man, it was Magical, actually. So uh, there was a, uh, you know, as you're walking up through the trails, you see that the, the, the I, I never forget how excited I was when I seen corkscrew view this way. I was like, "Yes, let's go!" I made it right. But to <laughs> me, my favorite turn on that racetrack is turn one.
1: Turn one to me at Laguna Seca is just oh, the top of turn one. Yeah, they come absolutely. up from the bridge. Yes, the, br- the bridge used to have a speedometer or a, um a speed gun up there it would tell you how fast they were coming up under the bridge, how fast they were going. I don't think it's That's... once they move once, once they replace the bridge, the bridge has been replaced and all new pavement, which I think is finally, it was overdue last year. Wasn't as bad yeah. as Sonoma. Sonoma has been re, re, completely repaved. So, um, and they're going back to mid Ohio. That ought to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish they'd go back to VIR,
0: dude. We had this conversation. Me too, absolutely.
1: It was awesome. This me off day though. I, they don't. Places, I loved it. The places I got to go after the racetrack was, I've been to the Air and Space Museum at Dallas, I've been to Kitty Hawk, um, yep. just I've been to uh, Appomattox. I got home from the first race. I went to 2001 from um, VIR. And I got home and went back to work. I was working for a camera store at the time. And and everybody's like, where'd you go? Oh, I went to a race. Well, what'd you do afterwards? Oh, we went to um, Appomattox. And all these young kids are in high school or out of, just out of high school, like looked at me like, what's that? I go, I see you didn't hit, take any history in high school. So yeah, I mean, for the photographers are out there. The people are listening. You can go through my photographs on my Instagram on my Instagram page, or actually they're all over the place, but my um, my SmugMug account, and there's lots and lots and lots of photographs up there, from everything you can think of: IndyCar, to motorcycle racing, to um, there's even speedway, um, <clears throat> flat track, uh, kids racing, uh, motocross. Just all kinds of stuff. Um, and the other thing is, if you're at a racetrack somewhere and you want to practice, go to one of the track days. Not, I mean, go to one of the kids' track, like Stockton or, or Prairie City, where they're riding dirt bikes up there, you know, and get some, or your local racetrack. Go out there and photograph the kids. You'll learn so much during that. And then you can take what you've shot there. You go to race and apply it to what you, you know, what, and learn your craft is my biggest thing. Learn your craft because it'll pay you back in so, it'll pay you back in so many ways. Um, Getting back to Josh, kind of went away from that. Um, His dad introduced me to me, introduced him to the next day, and I introduced myself to Josh. And at five years old, he looks up at me and says, You have something wrong with you. And I looked at his dad. He says, "I didn't tell him." And I said, "Yeah, Josh, I have two holes in my heart, no right ventricle. I was born like that." I said, "You have something wrong with you, huh?" He says, "Yeah, I have cystic fibrosis, it, it, uh, lung disease." I'm like, "Hmm." And I said, "What do you want to achieve out of your dream? Out of your, what do you want to achieve?" "I wanna, I wanna be world champion." <clears throat> I'm like, "Okay, let's see if we can help you. Let's see if I can help you get there." but you have to do one thing for me. He says, what stop giving your parents crap about doing your meds and your breathing treatments for the, pretty much the whole time we hung out together. He stopped, he did everything right, but we went, and did all kinds of things. We went to races. He got to race on the 50, the KTM 50 cup at the, um, at the super cross finale in Las Vegas. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. run a fifty. Um, <clears throat> fifty. That's awesome. Yeah, he got to he's raced all over the country on from with Moto America. Um driven all over the country. I've done that a few times I've driven from Southern California to Rhode Atlanta. First time I went to Rhode Atlanta That's from 100%. the EFs. Uh, got to meet Fritz Kling. Um, got a ride in a, a <laughs> crash truck. Evelyn Pritz, it was the um, the she ran the whole thing, and I'd never been to Road Atlanta. She said, "You probably need a a tour of the, the racetrack." I'm like, "Okay." So they put me in the crash truck, and we're going down the out of turn seven. We're doing over a hundred miles an hour in the crash truck, and they were running Formula USA practice. This is 1989. <laughs> and I get um, somebody reaches through the window and taps me on my elbow. I look over, it's Kurt Hall on the big monster Yamaha. And just cool as you please, reach over, touches me on the elbow, and keeps going by. I'm like, Jesus. And I look at the driver, how fast we're going? Oh, we're doing 110. Holy
0: crap. What? No yeah. shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then um, I went back, I went the next three years to um, to, uh, Road Atlanta. Great place. And then they took the gravity cavity out. Kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, Let's see what else. Um,
0: I'm actually going to Road Atlanta for my first time this year.
1: Oh, it's awesome. Yep. Make sure you use your car to drive around the track and go to different corners. Turn seven's really good. Um, turn one, turn I'm a, two. I, I'm uh, actually
0: working with Ryan Wolf on his uh, race team, so I'm going to be helping him in the Twins Club oh, cool. class. Oh, Yeah, so um, if I get an opportunity, yeah, absolutely I will pop uh, in the car, go out there. Pop and, in
1: the car and drive around the track to get a, yeah. get a um, look-see at it. Um, Let's see, what else? It's now named Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. I was back there in 2002, 2003. I got hired by Kevin Schwantz to come out and photograph his school, Schwantz School. And they flew me out there. I went to Road, Atlanta, uh, popped on a, I think I took a bus to Road, Atlanta. They got me a rental car. Um, and stayed and then I showed Kevin what to, what he needed to get for his school he says well I can't shoot it myself I said okay well you need to hire a photographer that's local and I gave him some names and I don't know if he ever hired anybody but you know I got to go out and hang out with the guy Trey Beatty um, all the guys are legends hmm? yes absolute absolute legends mm-hmm. got got kept on a rear wheel on his GSXR 1000 <clears throat> Going down the front the straightaway. So all super nice guys, all guys I've known, worked with. Um just, you know, is you just I don't know. I truly appreciate what I've been, what I've been able to do. Um absolutely. The places I've gone, um, I've driven across the country from sacramento to road to uh road america for a supermoto uh challenge for east versus west um let's see what else that's and scott russell showed up and doug Chandler was there and um all kinds of people it was a great weekend a little go-kart absolutely at, at uh road america have I ever shot the track exactly? No, I've shot middle. I've shot VIR five times. Shot Daytona twice. I've shot the Miami Street course for an AMA race. Yep. that was way back in the day. Yep. Um, yep. There's a Jimmy Felice Ed, or a uh, big yep. guy notch on a 250. Um, Fritz Kling before he passed. Super super nice guy. I have Doug Chandler on a Harley. On a Kajiba, on a Ducati, (laughs) on a Kawasaki. Um, He's an absolute uh, legend. Who? Doug Chandler. Yeah. Yes. Um, Scott Russell, too. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I have Scott Russell on a super motorbike here. I have pictures of Mike Metzger. Oh, I shot the X-Games, too. That photo oh, I dude, posted already
0: awesome. is a yes. tournament Craft. Yep. Which is another legend. Mm-hmm. Eric Boston. Man, you've been in, in presence Boston. of so many legends. Yes, the Boston brothers. <laughs> the Boston ben, dude, Ben and Eric are really cool. Uh, yeah, I met really Ben nice. several times at VIR. Dude, always. So, like, uh, my girlfriend that I was dating at the time, she's like, oh, my God, Ben's so hot. I was like, <laughs> chill out. we'll we'll meet Ben Boston, right? No worries out. We'll go meet him. So the race was over or practice or whatever it was. And at the time at VIR, they, you know, the, the little, uh, uh, over top of the garages or where the factory teams were, um, the stairway going up. Right. So he goes up there, I guess he goes there, changes his clothes or whatever. So he's like, Hey guys, give me a few minutes. I'm gonna go up there. I'll be back. Right. So it was about 30 minutes. Right. And then he finally comes back there. As soon as he cuts around the corner, he sees us still standing. He says, man, I really appreciate you guys waiting on me. Like, this is <laughs> absolute awesome, right? And I was like, dude, you won't hear that from hardly anybody. Oh. No road racers, right? They'll just walk down, <laughs> look at you, take your little picture, sign your thing, go on. But he actually had a genuine conversation with me and uh, with my girlfriend. Of course, she was all googly-eyed the whole time, trolling. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man, I'm I actually – um,
1: yeah, I know, in California. They, they actually still live out there, don't they? No, he lives in Las Vegas and his dad his okay. brother lives down in Temecula. Yeah, that's right, Temecula. But they grew up um, in no. no, go ahead, sorry. That's okay. He, they grew up in paluma I knew their dad too. Yeah. Um I talked about Danny Walker. I first met him in when I went to PIR in '93. Oh. We're in the paddock. And actually, I probably knew him from before, but we're in the paddock and I'm wandering around looking for photos to shoot. And he comes walking up to me. He's got Birkenstocks on, socks. I think he's got shorts on. He's got his Southwest Southwest cruise shirt on. He's wearing a cowboy hat. And I took the photo. He says, you're not going to post that anywhere, are you? I don't know. You never know, Danny. So then um, I have pictures of him in 93 on the GP bike at Laguna. Southwest Tour 500cc GP bike. I have pictures of, um and then I, I don't know how it happened, but he was at Santa Rosa for an American Super Camp, and I went up there and we started talking. And I've been shooting for him ever since. I'd show up and shoot the photos, and sell to the customers. And uh, I've done, um, uh, L.A. for a bunch of years, and then I did. Done Santa Rosa, Santa Rosa and Calistoga every year for the last 20, 25 years. But uh amazing. And he's got the people he has come through his school as teachers are all pre, pretty amazing. JD Beach, yeah. um Cameron Bovier, J Dog, yes, Eric Bostrom, it. Ben Bostrom, um, Jake Donye, Cameron Peterson. Cameron Peterson's dad, Robbie. Robbie, no. That bike, that the bike where the bike going down the front straightaway at at uh, Seattle International Raceway on the rear wheel. That's Robbie Peterson on the five hundred. When getting it, uh huh? I said,
0: yeah, absolutely. I I know exactly what photo you're talking about.
1: Mm Mhm. Yep. When um, Kenny Roberts brought over the the 500s for um, um, the the USA series. I have a picture of Doug Chandler in dirt track leather, dirt track leathers in 1989 on one of the 500s at Laguna. He'd never ridden a 500 before. Yeah, he, he raced 500 there for a little while. Mm-hmm. He raced the Kajiba. Yep. And then Kenny Roberts Sr., or Junior, we got to meet him. Was, knew, and have known him a long time. Um, we went, A friend of mine and I went up to his house, got invited to come up in Hickman. And we cruising along the road. We go by this fence. It's all torn to bits. A chain link fence. I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? And, we get, and my friend's a CHP officer. He says, it looks like somebody went off the road and had a, A good time wrecking the vehicle. We get in Kenny's Junior's carriage, JR's driveway, and his Jeep's parked there. It's all trash. And we get out of the truck. Hi, KR. Did you uh, have an incident with a fence along your property line? Yeah, don't tell my dad. (laughs) Yeah, your dad's going to kill you.
0: (laughs) Dad's going to kick your ass is what he's going to do,
1: yeah. Well, he got the truck fixed, and his dad never knew about it. Dad listens to podcast, he's gonna know about it. He's
0: gonna know now, right? Yeah, absolutely he will. It's, it's but listen, so people, my, my go ahead.
1: People, go ahead. The people we've lost. There are quite a few. Absolutely. The people that, yeah. that come into the sport, the true champions, the kids. The biggest thing is all these racers, all the pros, give back. Um, whether it's a school, whether there's helping young people out, whatever, do what you can. I mean, I can't give everybody a photo, but if I can help out a little bit, give some photos to help them raise some money for a charity, no problem.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. My, go ahead. Sorry, Mike. No, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say my, uh, my story real quick with, uh, being where photographers, where you guys shoot, right? Because, you know, I go to G- GP every year in Texas. So uh, one, one of my friends, she's a female. She's in with, uh, I, I'm not going to name names. But anyway, so she comes up to me. I'm sitting there. and She's like, hey, you want to take a van ride with me and actually go on the inside of the track? And I was like, fuck yeah, I do. Right? So <laughs> we go on the inside of the track where they drop off the photographers. The corner marshals are working during a <laughs> Moto3 a uh, qualifying session. So we're in this van doing whatever five miles an hour. And I got my cell phone out going, I can't believe I'm fucking doing this. Like it was <laughs> dude being where you guys are shooting those photographers. You guys got the best seats in the house. Absolutely. Hands down the best seats in the house. Cause I was so taken back. It was just an experience. I'll never forget. It was absolutely amazing being that close, uh, watching the photographers do their thing. Uh, and the guy that was driving the van was telling us, yeah, this and this and blah, 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 and all that. It was uh, really cool. It was a special moment. It was something that uh, very few of us fans get to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it was absolutely magical. Mike, listen, dude, we've been at this for like an hour and fifteen minutes almost, man. <laughs> we're, we're we're gonna have to we we're, we're gonna have to end this Don't here worry. soon because it's yeah, it's 6.50 my time and I was supposed to be at my mom's house at 6 30, but we made this happen because dude, everybody, it was a technical issue and it was absolutely uh very aggravating. But uh listen, we're gonna get Mike back on here. It's definitely gonna be a part two, but before we get off here, Mike. I got to pick your brain for a, a couple of minutes on uh, what we talked about earlier. Right. So I want to start at uh, books. I mean, you talked about books earlier. I'm a big audio book. I don't read Mike. Cause if I read, I fall asleep, but audio books, cause I'm a podcaster all day long. Um, I just got done with uh, Matthew McConaughey, the green light, which was an absolutely awesome book. I know, that's the and, next book on my list. Oh, dude, it, it's, you're going to, you absolutely fucking love it. I promise. And then uh, I just got done with uh, Steiner G- Guther, the guy that, that ran the Haas F1 team that, you know, obviously got fired. Um, mm-hmm. His book's decent. Um, I, I like it because it's him that's actually doing the audio talking on it, right? Um, right. And then Hopper, John Hopkins Leathered, which was the best uh, motorcycle book that I've ever read because he holds mm-hmm. nothing back at all absolutely nothing back talks about the alcohol the pills smoking weed riding moto gp bikes you know all this stuff that nobody else i don't think would come out and, and admit to right um yeah absolutely did he come amazing. out so what
1: book, a, did he come out and say he's a clean freak
0: yeah he did yeah he, he's yes 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 he did um so what book are you reading right now
1: um what am i reading it's by um the whole series, Brad Thor. It's a it's not military, it's guys who go after the Taliban and this, that, and the other thing. And yeah. based on there's one guy's a Secret Service agent to a um it's just a good series. And I've been reading them for a couple of years now. And then I like technical thrillers. I have a couple photography books, one on, um, she's um, photographed back in the thirties. And um, she has this photo called Migrant Mother that was photographed in California in the 1930s. And um, it's a really good read. Um, I have, Pictures, I have an Ansel a couple of Ansel Adams books. I like history. <clears throat> I do too. Just, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm big into like the Egyptian uh, pharaohs and the pyramids and <laughs> Greece and Sparta. Dude, I love that shit. I eat it up. It's absolutely awesome. Um, So music, Mike, what kind of music do you listen to?
1: Uh, lots of blues. Uh, dude.
0: Yeah, listen. I I love Frank Sinatra. I listen to shit out of Frank Sinatra. Uh,
1: so, oh, it's well, not Joe, blues. It's Joe, a jazz. Yeah. Joe Bonamassa, BB uh, King, BB uh, King. Um, lots of old rock and roll. Yep. Listen to "Stairway to Heaven" by Heart. That's just one awesome song. Um, I wasn't yeah. a big Led Zeppelin fan, but listening to her sing the song that way, but lots and lots of blues stuff. My brother's a huge blues fan. Um, Eddie James, um, old school blues. I like really good jazz. Um, Artie Shaw, um, let's see who else. Um, uh, He sings, um, or not sings, but plays, um bird um, back in that that era um i have to look at my eye well, on my in my itunes my playlist we got playlists coming out coming out to zoo. me too um absolutely got, me too um some kind of blue is another album i love it's nice to um, when it's in the afternoon and after you get home you want and you have to edit photos i listen to uh jazz yeah. and um i have a couple uh classic um classical limit uh songs i like 1812 overture that's always a favorite
0: yeah it's good stuff man good stuff so uh this is one of my favorite questions, because I'm a huge fan of one of them: uh, Star Wars or Star Trek. Neither. Neither. OK. Nope. Do you like cooking? Because I love to cook.
1: I don't know how to cook. Oh, OK. okay. The favorite one thing, food. the one thing growing up because of the, all my time in the hospital. Yeah. I never learned to cook. My brothers can all cook fantastically. Me? No.
0: I Not don't so burn much, water. right? <laughs> I, i'm gonna have to use that i burn water it's fucking good <laughs> uh so what is your favorite food then uh
1: a good steak um yeah, good. pork chops and applesauce um my mom's um uh, meatloaf. <clears throat> um meatloaf um I like my mom's chili and pea soup, homemade pea soup. Um, let's see what else. Breakfast, I like waffles, um, sandwiches, tuna fish sandwiches, peanut butter. My favorite, PB and J, the old standby. Nice. If I go out for go out for lunch, <laughs> In and Out. In and out, right? Animal style or non-animal
0: style? No, not animal style. Ugh. I got you. That's yeah. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not big on Thousand Island or whatever it is. I'm not. Yeah. And then I like I'm clam
1: chowder. Um, and that means good clam chowder. That's I mean, I just kind of, you know, I eat too much junk food. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, I don't eat as much junk food. And I've done pretty well over the last couple of six months. I've lost 10 pounds. I went from a size 38 to a size 36 Levi, which I'm happy about. Nice. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Am I going to go down anymore? Probably not. Um, hanging out with my family. I absolutely love my nieces and nephews. Um, my my youngest brother, hanging out with him is always fun. <laughs> Um, photography, whatever, you know, uh, cars I have a favorite, I have some favorite cars. Um, Hmm. What car would I absolutely love to have in my driveway right now? A Ford GT 40, um, legend of a car. Huh? Actually, it's a legend of a car. uh, I like to have a Raptor, a Ford Raptor. Yeah. Or, a ford bronco. or an older yes. ford bronco
0: i would take but. the raptor me personally
1: yeah um raptor's awesome motorcycle what would i like to have as a motorcycle <laughs> um that a bunch um i don't know i'd like to have a bmw something i can go cruising with or 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 a um a dual like a explorer or um like a KTM 950 right mm-hmm.
0: an enduro yeah yeah, Great bikes, enduro. man
1: but absolutely uh, but um what okay you have a fa- you ride motorcycles i do what kind of helmet do you use <clears throat> uh
0: where do i start i got a bunch i got the new hjc ralpha one the fm homologated. i got the the agb uh, gp rr whatever it is with the water tube coming out of it i got uh i got the ira corsair x um so i wear a variety of of different helmets. Oh. uh i only wear only, not, wear, only wear one kind arrived which one Arai. yeah i was gonna say the the, the Uriah, uh man, it fits so well. It's just it's such to, an awesome I've helmet. I've worn
1: them since 1985.
0: Yeah, I love my rides. I got I got a Doug Chandler Arai. I got a Colin Edwards Arai. I got my new Course X Course Air Arai. It's it's uh yeah. It, it it's you know it it's like jeans and tennis shoes and pants, mm-hmm. right? It's it's like, just because you see a helmet a Rossi helmet, it's badass. You put it on your head, it just don't feel a fit right, right? Same thing. Pit yeah absolutely it is
1: yeah i uh it's helmets i wear rye um you know levi's you wear 501s running shoes you wear a6 um you know stuff like that north face yep. gear um anyway just absolutely
0: absolutely man you're right man well look Mike, this has been an absolute honor. We're coming up to hour and 30 minutes. My wife just texted me saying hey, we're supposed to have be been at your parents' house 30 minutes ago. I already <laughs> texted my mom and told her we're going to be late anyway. But, I mean, hey, you know, I wanted to make this happen. I, I apologize for, for the, no worries. the technical issues. Yeah, no but worries. Uh, listen, um, I have your number. I will, I will give you a call tomorrow. I have a podcast at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. After that, I- I'll shoot you a call, and we will – uh, schedule our part two of this podcast and this time we're not going to have any audio or visual uh, <laughs> issues Um no worries so yeah uh, listen why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and order your, your your photos if you sell them
1: yeah i do um it's the easiest way to find them is d w org. It will pop up as mike Dorn photography which is a it's easy, the easy best way and there's a link on the bottom that says buy photos and you can find my yep. landscape photos my race photos all kinds of stuff
0: simply the best photos you could buy on the planet absolutely amazing absolutely thanks, amazing Chris.
1: thanks Chris. dude you're
0: very welcome hey, listen mike i need you to send me your address because i always send my guest, pin the gas podcast, some stickers. So I'm gonna oh, get cool. you a package you of some on my Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I I got round ones, right, and I got the uh, the, the cutout ones. So I'll, I'll send you several of each for sure.
1: Okay, hundred percent. Right. But
0: uh, yeah, before I get off here, I gotta do my little quick shout out. So first shout out, man, like always, is to everybody that likes, watches, and subscribes to the podcast. It's such an honor. Thank you guys so much. Nothing but. Uh, I always put up the heart thing, right? Look, hearts show up on the computer. Boom, that's for everybody, right? Watch Mike. Check it out. Watch watch this. Did you see <laughs> it? Yeah, how awesome Not. is that? So, yeah, and, and uh, look, I'll do it one more time. Yeah, baby. But uh, big shout out to my man, Jake Marsh and uh, Pete Marsh, everybody at R&D Racing over there in the UK that highly supports Pender Gas Podcast. They run us on their race bikes and leather suits. It's Absolute honor. Thank you guys so much. He has a club called Club 45. Go and sign up and join them to help him out. Uh, big shout out to my man Martin from the Clothing Kings. Uh you can go to the ClothingKings.co.uk, order all the pendagas merch you guys want, hats, beanies, soft shell jackets, all that good stuff. And before I get off here, I gotta give a huge shout out to my man Hawk Mazada that sent me his race shirt that he signed for me and he sent my son two shirts too as well. Hot Mazada, you are an absolute legend. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to actually meet him in Road Atlanta this year. It'll be my first time meeting him in person, which is going to be awesome. So yeah, listen, uh, thank you guys so much for watching this episode. We'll be out on iHeartRadio, Spotify, you know, all that good stuff. And uh yeah, until next time, Mike, what an honor. And uh, we will see you guys later. Thank Hang on do. just one second.